Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the Pen Addict Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss pens, paper, and the analogue tools we love so dearly. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by the man who first stepped foot on the paper moon, that is Mr. Buzz Dowdy. How are you, sir? <laughs> good, good. I like that. Man, you are good at this. Thank you. I was just sharing with you my, my fear before the start of the episode that whatever was going to come out of my mouth was whatever I said, and as I looked around, I saw my space pen and went with it. Yeah, that's why it's, Im- that's why it's impressive, because I stressed I stress out about it for you, <laughs> and then you just come up with stuff <laughs> off the top of your head that I couldn't, uh, I couldn't swing at all. So yeah, well done by you, sir. Thank you. Brad Dowdy. I figure I should just clarify that for any new listeners. Your name is Brad Dowdy, not Buzz. Yeah. Not buzz, yeah, definitely. <laughs> because not, we may, not a, we may have some new listeners now. It's very, we we have a guest today, and I want to, I want to rush to get to that point. But just before we do, the current listeners of this show on seventy decibels, before the next episode, episode fifty-five, this show will have moved over to five by five. We mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. You don't have to do anything, but at some point over the next few days, or depending when you listen to this, it may have already happened, and we apologize. Um, you will see in your app of choice on maybe the iPhone or on the Mac or Android or something, it will show as the pen addict having maybe 50 unplayed episodes. We didn't get really, really busy and record 50 new episodes. It just, as when we switch our RSS feed over, it just pops up to say that these are new. So you can just mark them all as played. You can listen again if you really want to. I mean, feel free. That'd be good. Or at least download them all again. Just say, oh, here's 50 new episodes and just download them. Yeah, That'd that's also good. That will look good for us moving over. <laughs> uh, Mr. Benjamin, I'm sure, will like to look at that. Uh, but yeah, so, um, and then from, from now on, you will have, um, you will be able to listen to the show on 5x5. And some point in the very near future, this show will broadcast live on 5x5. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. I'm actually looking forward to that. Yep, that's gonna so, that's gonna be a pretty cool deal. So uh, our so, schedule exactly. fits in fits into an open slot in the five by five live broadcast schedule. So we're gonna go for it. Uh, not yet, but hopefully in a few weeks or so. Yeah. So those of you that really love the show can listen along live and contribute. It will be a good fun. But anyway, Brad, please introduce our illustrious guest. Yeah, I'm so excited, and this is someone I've known for a long time in the in the pen blogosphere, and she is known to a lot of people um, in in the circles where we run. And uh, I'd like to introduce Miss Anna Reinert of the Well Appointed Desk. Welcome, Anna. Hello. Thank Thanks you. I'm us. very excited to be on the show. Hey, we're excited to have you. This is gonna. This is awesome. I've been wanting to do this for a while, and we've talked about it. Gosh, we we started, you know pinging it around months ago, so I'm glad we were finally able to get it done, and I think uh, all the listeners are excited, too. Yeah, I've had a lot of people comment on Twitter that they were excited, I think, to hear what I sound like. <laughs> well, you sound wonderful. Thank you. So we are certainly glad to have you. So a couple of things that I wanted to talk about, and we're going to, and Anna and Mike and I, we're going to talk about some specific topics later, kind of... Um, you know, just like our, our, our basic format that we do. But I wanted to talk with Anna real quick about how she got started in pen blogging because I remember way back in the day when I first started the pen attic before I even had my own domain when I think I was, I don't even remember my blogspot URL. I think it was penaddiction.blogspot.com. And I first started, you know, doing pen reviews and first started I think it was probably about the time I started doing my ink links, you know, weekend recap. And back then there was hardly anything to post. And I found this blog 
and I found this girl writing it, and it was you, and <laughs> it was this blog. I think at the time, I think it was called Snow Angel. So the, for for those who don't know, you know, the Well Appointed Desk is, has only been in its um, current format for what a couple years, but you go way way back in in doing this type of stuff, right? I yeah, strangely enough, I do. I went back and looked because the Snow Angels um, blog is still there, and it actually started back in I want to say 1999 or 2000 when people just started blogging. You know, so it had originally been on Blogger and that kind of thing, and had really been more of sort of a a diary kind of a a thing. And over the years, I got more involved in. Um, I I discovered um, Pencil Revolution back in like 2005. And um, I went back to check and see how long Johnny had been doing the Pencil Revolution. And um, so in about 2006, I started posting the occasional, like, pen review or pencil review or, you know, some other office tool thing. And didn't completely commit to it one way or the other. Um, and then um, about three years ago, um, I work at Hallmark, in case people don't know, I work at Hallmark corporate, corporate headquarters as a designer. Um, we bring people in kind of on a regular basis to talk about business or design or anything like that. And we brought in a woman named Erin from a blog called House of Turquoise. Mm-hmm. It's probably not something that anybody who listens to this podcast would visit. And I kind of went because it was, you know, they have these lectures. If you don't go, they stop having them. So we kind of go whether it's something we're really genuinely interested in or not. But she's a home decor blogger. And her whole focus is places that are painted turquoise. Not kidding. It's very, very niche, very granular. That's extremely and niche. <laughs> it's freakishly so. And But she talked about in order to be, like, and she's very successful. I mean, like, she does this blog full time. She gets paid from people. But she said if you want to develop a following for your blog, you need to kind of be very myopically focused. Um, to generate an audience. And so it was literally a kind of thing where it was like either I needed to commit myself to doing this or walk away from it and just, you know, read your blog, read John's blog, you know, and just enjoy it or do it and shut up about it. And so I walked back to my desk after seeing this woman and I launched Tumblr and I signed up for wellappointeddesk.tumblr.com and I did it on Tumblr for about about a year and a half before I moved over to running it on a WordPress blog. And that's sort of where I've lived ever since. That's right. awesome. And, and for those who don't know, it's, it's wellappointeddesk.com. And we'll, we'll have all this in the show notes and everyone later. But if you're not familiar with Anna's work, that's where she's found most of the time right now. So, As well as that, Brad, um, I mm-hmm. also have in the show notes for this episode um, – penaddiction.blogspot.co.uk which I believe is your site. Oh, oh my goodness. It's still up? It's still up. Um, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know why it's .co.uk um, but it is. But, <laughs> but, but it's there. I've got it. I found it. It didn't take very long to search and uh, there it is. So Wow, that's scary. You know, I've got <laughs> Not to totally hijack this, but that's what I'm good at. You know, I find sometimes in just random Google searches where, you know, people just like rip content like off of an old blog post and they come up on these random blogger sites somewhere. I find some of my junk on there sometimes, you know, just 
these random posts out of nowhere from, you know, just these spammy blog sites. So anyway, I'm not surprised it's, it's at some other URL. Who knows what? I don't even know what that is. So yeah, I'll, have to take, I'll, I'll look at the show notes myself and see what that is. <laughs> but anyway, back, back on track. So, so Anna, tell, tell us like now the well-appointed desk, I think is one of the best blogs in, in, you know, our, our genre, the kind of the pens, paper, stationery, everything that goes along with it. And you do a few more things other than that. So, so, so tell the readers who aren't really familiar with it, kind of, you know, what you're doing there and, you know, kind of what the, what type of posts to expect and, and things like that. So tell us a little bit about the blogs for sure. anyone who's not familiar with it. Um, well, I, I cover a lot of the same types of topics that you do in regards to pens, ink, paper, notebooks, but um, I've also tried to expand it a little bit um, to cover um, inspiring workspaces. I know there's a lot of people who work from home and might, you know, be looking for um, inspiration to plus up their office space, um, as well as, you know, I mean, I work in a beige cubicle, so looking at inspiring and on a floor with no windows. Um, so I look forward to um, someday the opportunity of actually having a workspace that is more conducive to creativity. Strangely enough, I work at Hallmark and I say that my office space is very uninspiring. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very big building with lots of people doing lots of different kinds of work. I actually work around the corner from where they do brass tooling for printing presses. So it, my section of the building looks pretty industrial. Um, but yeah, so um, I also try to include some like other things that people need for their day to day work. So things like um, apps, you know, desktop wallpapers, you know, things like that. I mean, like, if you can't, like me, if you live in a, in a beige cubicle, and you can't do anything about the environment, you can at least change the wallpaper on your desktop, or you can add an app to your iPhone that, or, you know, other device that kind of helps you um, get your work done. So that's awesome. And it, 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 you started talking about this and I didn't put this in my, in my notes for the episode, but there was something very cool that you guys do at Hallmark. And you let me in on this a few years ago. This might, I don't even know if this was pre well-appointed desk or not, but you know, I was, I've done some posts in the past about index cards and you told me this, this cool story of what Hallmark does with these index cards. And you sent me some from I Hallmark. It, yeah. And that just hit me out. Like, uh, I, I, I totally forgot about that until just now you were talking about it. So I think share that story with everyone because I think sure. this is really, really cool. And this is one of the, the really cool things because at one point in time, a lot of the printing for Hallmark was done in the building or in the building around the corner. And so we had a lot of um, paper scraps, you know, when they would cut off the cards and stuff, they'd have these paper scraps. And one very uh, clever man who was working for um, – uh, J.C. Hall, who was the founder of the company, um, had a pocket full. He had the, the guys in the, sh in the print shop cut these cards down to three by fives, and he kept them in his shirt pocket. And one day he was in a meeting with, with J.C., and um, J.C. said, oh, I need something to write on. And the guy pulled out this three by five and handed it to him. And he says, I need to get me some of those. 
And so they started just cutting the ends off and everything and, and just bringing these boxes over to the main building of these three by fives. And so they sort of became this ubiquitous thing. There isn't a conference room or a desk at Hallmark that doesn't have a stack of three by fives. And it was unusual for me when I came to Hallmark because I was sort of used to the culture of um, post-it notes and, you know, those sticky notes. And I asked somebody, I'm like, where do I find some post-it notes? And they said, um... I guess you can get them in our supply closet, you know, but um, most people just use three by fives. You know, we recycle them. They're, you know, leftovers. It's just a good use of leftover stuff. And um, so I started using three by fives and have used them ever since. I kind of have always used them. Yeah. And you sent me, you sent me, uh, you very kindly sent me, uh, you know, a handful, probably a hundred or 200 of them straight from the Hallmark offices. So I thought that was, that was really cool. And I, I've definitely used those. Uh, and that, I, I think it's just great to have those laying around and I mean, especially at a place like Hallmark where you, you know, you need those ideas to just jot down and, and go for it. So that's a, that's pretty the cool. Funny thing is the writers, when they're writing, um, copy for cards will take a three by five and they'll fold it in half so that it looks like a little tiny greeting card so that they can write the editorial that they want on the cover on the front and then they write it on the inside and then they give it to the designers so there's like these little tiny cards all over the place of like the editorial that you should use on a card oh that's hilarious it is pretty (laughs) funny so cool now uh, on the desk on the well-appointed desk i'm sorry I, i call it the desk i'm just used to that's to, okay. Uh, I do too. Saying it. So if, if anyone hears me say the desk, I'm talking about on his website. So you started to do something pretty cool on there and, and something that I, I'm interested in and something, you know, that I want to, to share with everyone. You've started selling some products on there, just like in a, in a small web store. So how, how did that come about? Tell me, tell us about like the products that are on there and you know, how that all came about and you know, what made you start uh, trying to do those types of things? So that's something that I'm very interested in doing, you know, with the pen addict eventually. Cool. Um, It was something that I'd been thinking about doing for a while and just trying to figure out because really, for the most part, the well-appointed desk is um, uh, financed entirely by me. I do have some lovely sponsors, but really um, what they sponsor is what I can do for my readers in the form of uh, product reviews and free product and things like that. So I really don't generate any money. And um, so I hit a point where it's like when the bill comes due for the, for the hosting, I'm like, gosh, I'm just bleeding money here. Um, so I thought, well, what can I do to sort of generate funds for the site in a in a way that that seemed to fit? You know, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't want to sell T-shirts or something. It just didn't seem like the right thing. And I am notoriously bad about buying and collecting um, vintage office supplies. Um, every yard sale, I just scavenge for old staplers and tape dispensers and everything. And so I really had like exceeded quantities of stuff in my house. So I said, well, you know what? I'm going to start to sell some of these. You know, I've, every time I find a stapler, I'm like, oh, this one's my favorite. And then the other ones go into a pile. So I'm like, okay, there's this whole pile of really awesome staplers, but each one, the newest one is always my favorite. So <laughs> I started to put those up and then I wanted to be able to have something that was sort of an um an item that I could um, replenish on a regular basis. Um, so I've, I'm very active with the Letter Writers Alliance, um, which is uh, two girls up in Chicago organized this um, this group. 
of people who really like to exchange letters and they do pen pal services, you know, they'll hook you up with somebody that wants to exchange letters and things like that. Um, so I, I write a lot of letters, so I thought it would be fun to make stamps, rubber stamps to put on letters. So the first one that I did is one that just says good mail. And that seems to be the favorite and everybody really likes it. Um, but then I, I designed several other ones and it took me a while to find, um, a rubber stamp manufacturer that um, I could work with and be able to offer the stamps at a reasonable price where I wasn't having to buy them at retail and then try to mark them up and I, cause it just made me feel bad and nasty. And <laughs> I'm not going to charge somebody $20 for a one inch stamp. I just couldn't do it. So once I was able to find a vendor where I could get the prices to where it seemed pretty reasonable, um, was very excited and I was finally able to put the site up. So that's been up for a month because I just got my first bill from big cartel. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. I think it looks fantastic and y'all should all definitely, definitely check that out. Um, I, I thought it was a great idea when I saw it and I was, you know, actually I was jealous. I was like, I got to get on the ball and do something. Cause I've, Mike and I have talked about it for years, you know, you know, me needing to, you know, step out and, and, and do something like that. So, uh, so maybe, uh, that this is my inspiration to finally get it done. So, uh, I will, I will work on that in the future. Cause I think your store is really neat. I think it's Thank perfect you. for you. Well, I look forward to seeing what you decide to carry in your shop. Yeah, yeah, I, I've got some ideas. I've been uh, been taking some notes, and uh, you know, I've sent some emails and had some conversations with people. So we'll we will definitely see what comes out of it. So cool, awesome. Well, I want to get into a few specifics. You know, about um, pens, papers, um, some of the similarities that um, you know, some of the similar products we use, some of the uh, disagreements that we have on, on products. Uh, you're you're, you know. You should have a tag on your blog about, uh, you know, I'm calling Brad out on <laughs> on his on his post. So we're going to get into that. But I've only really left, done uh, that once. I know. I'm just playing with you. And it was like <laughs> it was actually like the like the gentlest, nicest <laughs> calling out ever. So <laughs> we'll talk about that. But why don't we let uh, why don't we let Mike pay some bills real quick if you're if you're ready for it, Mr. Hurley? Always ready. All right. You far away. So I want to take a, a quick moment to thank our friends over at squarespace.com who make this show possible and they give you everything you need to make an amazing website. Squarespace is a fully hosted, completely managed environment that allows you to create and maintain a beautiful website, blog or portfolio. They give you all of the tools that you need, no matter how experienced you may be, with building websites to put something amazing online. You don't have to worry about hosting, integrating with other services, scaling, you don't have to worry about finding a designer either. They have beautiful themes. Their templates are fantastic. Um, they all feature responsive web design. This means that they'll look fantastic no matter what device somebody is coming to you from, whether that's a mobile device or a you know much larger screen like a tablet or even like a laptop or and bigger and bigger and bigger. Their sites, they reformat to look fantastic. They have a drag and drop platform which allows you to create pages. So if you want to create a custom layout for any or all of your pages, you can do that using their drag and drop tools. So you select what types of content you want to be on the page, like photos, text, social media content even, and you can drag and drop them around. It's very, very simple. They have 24-7 customer support. They have statistics that are built right into Squarespace. So you can see who's coming to your site and where they're coming from. And when Brad ever decides that he wants to start selling things, 
through penaddict.com. You can do that with Squarespace Commerce because with Squarespace Commerce, you now have all of the tools that you need to build a fully integrated store into your Squarespace site. You can sell physical or digital goods. You can manage all of your inventory right in your Squarespace site in the back end so you can see what... um, You can just enter in what you've got inventory-wise, and as things are sold, it will tick it down for you, which is very awesome. They have order processing. You can print packing slips directly from Squarespace, create customizable emails, and much, much more. Um, If you want to build a store, this is the place to go. I want you to go and find out more and sign up for a free trial. Go to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels. That's 70-D-E-C-I-B-E-L-S. And if you want to sign up for a Squarespace plan after your trial period is over, their plans start at $10 a month for their standard plan and $20 a month for their unlimited plan. That's all-inclusive, all hosting and everything. Uh, If you sign up for a year, you'll get 20% off that price. If you sign up for two years, you'll get 25% off. And don't forget to use the code 70decibels5 at 70-D-E-C-I-B-E-L-S and the number 5. This will give you an additional 10% off your first order and it will also... Let Squarespace know that you found out about them through this show. So thank you very much to Squarespace for their continued support. All right. Thank you, Squarespace. I have, right, to, Anna. Say, I have yeah. to say that my site would be hosted on Squarespace, except that um, my company has a firewall that blocks it. That is serious. Yes. It does not block Blogger, Facebook, <laughs> or WordPress. <laughs> but for some reason, they have a thing against Squarespace. Sorry about that, guys. That's, that is wow. a travesty. I'm going to write a letter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write it on one of those three by five index cards and mail it in. You could write back. just one letter on each, and then they piece them all together, and they'll get a very strongly worded note from Brad. Yeah, that's right. I'll write. I'll I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, you know, Hallmark card. You know, roses are red, violets are blue. Stop blocking. Squarespace, I hate you. Beautiful. After listening to your podcast, I did actually sign up for Squarespace, and I I went through and got the account and everything, paid for a year in advance, and um, got to work. Realized I could not check oh, comments no. or anything like that during the day. It was totally blocked. And I called Squarespace and I said, "I am in this really awful jam. Can you help me out?" And they refunded my money and were very sweet. So good oh, customer service. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great story. See, Squarespace is awesome. We love it. <laughs> All right. So, Anna, we talked about some topics that we want to discuss, um, mm-hmm. you know, on this podcast. And I, uh, I thought you had a, a great topic that I've always wanted to explore more. And you have more experience in, in this realm than, than I do. And that's finding the best paper for fountain pen usage. And, you know, Mike and I talk about things all the time, like, you know, even b- b- before the episode when we were just chatting before we talked it talked about it. You know, Mike, it, it's convenient for Mike to use um, moleskins at work. It, it's good. It's very portable. Um, you use your fountain pens in it, Mike. You use, you know, the bold Twisbees or wh- whichever ones you're using now. I guess you're probably using the Rock now a lot too, huh? That's what the, I use all day, every day. Yeah, and the Retro 51. But you use them in a moleskin mm-hmm. and... You know, that's your primary paper for your fountain pen usage. For me, I'd say most of the time it's Rhodia. I mean, I know I'm, I'm known as the, the, the dome paper guy, and I use it, you know, for all my gel pens, ballpoint pens, pencils, everything goes in dome paper. But for fountain pens, I like the performance of Rhodia better. Mm-hmm. Now, Anna, you've tried way more 
than than those type of things. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. What what do you find that's that's good and bad about different brands and with different fountain pens and and things like that as far as paper goes? Well, uh, for me, um, it's a cost of value kind of thing. Like, and, and also I'm also left-handed, like Mike. So yeah. I have um, other issues that sometimes come up, which is that some of the really high-end papers, like Claire Fontaine, the ink sits up so um, well on the paper that even quick-drying inks take too long to dry, and I end up smearing what I've written and have it all over my hand. So the Claire Fontaine, um, I haven't written the review yet, but I just got the 1951 books um, because they were in green. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) they're beautiful. They're great little... um, kind of mini uh, notebooks, um, great for like work projects and things like that. But um, for me with fountain pens, um, I don't think I'm going to be able to use fountain pens with them because the ink takes so long to dry. It's great. And I think for a right-handed person, they would be awesome because they're like $4 a piece. So like cost value, really good for individual project, like projects, or if you want a specific notebook, just to test inks or something. Um, But for me, it's, the paper's too good, so I have to kind of make a trade-off. Um, I have, ever since you had mentioned the Piccadillys, I had been looking for one, and I finally got one. And for me, it hits a real sweet spot um, that the paper is a little bit thicker than what's in a moleskin, but um, I don't have um, as much issue with inks drying because it is a little bit more absorbent, and you can't be- beat the price point. Um, they're like five dollars to the equivalent moleskin, which is almost twenty. Right, right, and I think that's why you use the moleskins, right, Mike? Because it, being left-handed, it it's it's a more absorbent paper. It it really helps in in that aspect, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't have any issue with them. I've been using, I was using moleskins before I really started to get into this stuff, so mm-hmm. I didn't really feel that there was an issue. And then after I started branching out certain paper types weren't being so kind to me i mean rodeo was excellent um and as i said i'll probably walk i will definitely will go back to rodeo at some point um but i don't know when that will be and field notes was a problem but as we discussed with the most recent that's not been the case like the 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 paper that they've currently got in the america the beautiful set are is very kind to fountain pen I was opinion. very impressed with the paper in those field notes. I was very excited. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm actually friends with one of the guys who works um, for field notes. And so he and I have talked back and forth over the years about what they've been doing. And I sent him a very nice email about <laughs> how awesome I thought the new ones were. I love them. I, I love the design, but the, the paper thickness and just the quality of the paper is perfect and if they continue to make these i will i will continue to be very very happy yeah and i i've been talking about it for weeks about how i did some fountain pen ink tests on the current the america's beautiful edition versus just this one of the basic editions and i finally just got around to uh taking the pictures for the post so hopefully in another week or so i'll get around to editing that and and posting that because i know i've been talking about that for a while and there is a there is a good difference and that actually prompted me and i I told mike this offline i'm just i need to make i'm making a chart of all you know going back and looking since all the uh, paper information is in the back of all the field notes books i'm just going to make a chart for everyone because people started asking well once this this america is a beautiful edition came out with a different paperweight uh paper density they started questioning well, what's in these other ones? So I'm putting together a, a spreadsheet that I'll share with everyone once I get it 
fully populated with all the uh, the paper information of all the the notebooks they were released. And there's <laughs> there's a pretty wide range so far that I found, which I didn't realize before until this one really um, piqued my interest with the uh, really heavier paper. So that's Fun, pretty funny cool. thing about that, and this is a little behind the scenes uh, to mine and Brad's conversations, and also a bit of insight into the type of person that Brad is. I had to help him with some of them because he wouldn't open some of the packs of his field notes. <laughs> And he knew that I would, so I had to fill in some gaps for him because he has some packs which are unopened that he refuses to open. So I either had to open mine, which I'm fine with, um, or just get the the right ones for him. Yep, yep, and there's going to be a few more coming too. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's great. So now there's, um, I guess the easiest way to say it, there's a new kid on the block in the fountain pen world that I've been hearing about and you've been hearing about. It's called Tomo River Paper. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that right. I've never heard it been said out loud other than reading, but it's T-O-M-O-E, right, I believe? I don't think I've heard of them. Have you heard of this? You haven't heard of this. Okay, so it's this... uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's like... It's like if you were wrapping a present and you know, like the... um, you know, the white paper that you've stuffed in the, um, you know, like in the, in the box or something, just mm-hmm. kind of like the filler paper, that really thin, thin, oh. thin white paper. Well, this paper, it, it's this Japanese paper and we'll put a link in the, in the show notes. It's, um, there's a website that everyone keeps pointing to. It's called Nanami paper, N-A-N-A-M-I paper.com. And they sell, it's called Tomo river. And it is, um, one of the listeners, uh, Rachel, hi Rachel, thank you for sending me samples of this Tomo River paper. It looks like you would not be able to write on it at all. It's so thin and so fine, but apparently it handles the um, the paper that handles the fountain pen ink just like incredibly, incredibly well. Um, and it turns out it's used in, in lots of, um, I think in some diaries in Japan, some, um, planners, uh, I think, uh, it might be Hobunachi. I think they might use the Tomo river paper, but this stuff will blow your mind. So you, you have to check this out and I haven't done a review on it yet, but it's, it's like, it's really hard to explain. And that's why I'm, I keep struggling with it. It's, it's like Kleenex thin. I mean, it's that light, that thin. It it looks terrible. (laughs) It looks terrible, and it feels terrible. It's it's like this crinkly paper, but when you put your pen on it, it it doesn't bleed through. It doesn't spread. It's you know what it reminds me of. It reminds me of tracing paper. That's what it reminds me of. And I was actually going to say this is um, sort of. I ca- how I came to fountain pens in the first place is that one of the things that I like to do at work is actually do um, hand lettering. And so I kind of came to fountain pens because I had been using um, flexible nib um, dip pens. And mm-hmm. we have a whole department of people who are incredible lettering artists that do all of this hand calligraphy. When you see it on a greeting card from Hallmark, um, Nine times out of ten, it was hand-lettered. So someone sat down with literally a piece of this. And most of the lettering artists do work on what's either called marker paper, um, which is a little bit more um, opaque than tracing paper, or they work on tracing paper because it does um, the ink does sit up on the paper, but it takes a long time to dry. Um, 
So it's a, again, for lefties, it's, it's a challenge. Um, but um, for right-handed people, it may work really well um, if you're willing to sort of wait for the dry time. Yeah, so I'm putting a link in the show notes to a Fountain, a FP Geeks, Fountain Pen Geeks review of the Turbo, and they have like a, it looks pretty extensive. And one of the images that they have is of dry time with different pens and different inks, and it looks terrible. Like it looks like it just doesn't dry <laughs> for like <laughs> half a minute in some cases. Yeah, yeah and so maybe um, for a lefty, it might not be so good, but it's it's, it's a fascinating looking and feeling paper i haven't done a review on it yet but um yeah what were you going to say anna oh i was going to say the review on um fountain pen geeks was actually by aziza who um is somebody that um i follow a lot on twitter she does some great uh fountain pen reviews and stuff too so if anybody hasn't read her yet we will i'll find her website and put it in the show notes yeah it's gourmetpens.com aziza is a great a great fin friend of pen addict she does um some awesome reviews, and, and now that you say that, we're going to have to get her on this show. Yeah, eventually. She, she's on Fountain Pen Geeks um, podcast now. Yep, and she does some of the, the Fountain Pens TV and all that stuff. So they're they're doing a good job over there. I but really yeah, this, like her Instagram. Yeah, yes. she does a good job, and she she's the one I, I give her a hard time because um, I guess it was her husband that gifted her every color of Eroshizuku ink. And it was like the coolest thing ever. She like took a picture of every bottle like on the shelf. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I saw the pictures, but I didn't hear the explanation for how she acquired all of those. Yep. I think her husband, I don't know if it was a birthday or anniversary present or something, but that was one of the coolest things I've seen on her blog. I was like, wow, now that's a gift. <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah, that's cool. So I've, I've got this Tomo River paper, and it looks silly. It looks ridiculous. And it's just getting rave reviews. I, I, I've got, I've got to try it. So I'll, I will work on a review for it. Um, you know, it doesn't come in any other format right now, other than like these loose leaf sheets, like you see in their review. And, um, I know there's someone that's, you know, buying these and, and binding them into, um, into journals and things like that. I forget his name, but, um, I, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes if I'm, I can think of it. He's, he's, um, Juliet, um, pens, paper, inks, whatever has done a review. Um, of this product, what this journal that this guy's making with this Tomo River paper. But anyway, I, oh, if, cool. if any listeners out there have have used the Tomo, I'd like to hear. You know, shoot me an email or a tweet, and just let me know your feedback on it. You know, what you th- what you think of it, um, and how it, how it's doing. And um, yeah. So what, one thing you mentioned just a second ago, Anna, was the the hand lettering, and and I, I I wanted to mention his name, and I'm blanking on it. But there's, I know I I follow someone. I've had conversations with um on Twitter several times. One of the calligraphers at uh, at Hallmark that would is be, it Josh. Yeah, Josh Scruggs. Josh Scruggs. He's, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's so, actually well, one of the type development designers at Hallmark. Mm-hmm. So he actually takes he he does his own hand lettering, but he also takes. Um, lettering that other people have done and um, converts it into fonts. So we actually have our own font development team, nice. um, which is my dream job. Yeah, that's just saying. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 tweet Josh, but he's a super nice guy. Um, yeah, and he's act, he's active on Twitter. Um, so I'll, I'll find his um, his Twitter name. We'll put that in the show notes. Y'all, and I'll go stalk him. But Josh is a good guy, and he's done some stuff for uh, Jet Pins uh, years ago, doing some uh, mm-hmm. calligraphy samples and things like that. So he's a really good guy. Really good yeah, guy. Yeah, he does beautiful lettering. Yep. So uh, another thing, and you you mentioned it, and I, we mentioned it before. You know, last week uh, when we were just talking on our own, that you know one thing that's difficult, and it, and it came up earlier. We we're talking about index cards. You mentioned Post-it notes. 
And I hate post-it notes. And not for their utility. Their utility is awesome, but it's some of the worst paper ever. I, there's no pens that work on post-it notes that I think, except maybe a Sharpie. They, it's like they're coated. They, you know, the, they reject ink very well. So is there, is there something besides a post-it, besides an index card? Have you found anything like that that's good? I really have not. And, you know, I've looked at other companies. I know that, like, companies like Chronicle Books often do really nicely designed post-it notes that, you know, are created by artists and things like that. And they stick terribly. They resist ink. I've just had no luck. Cavallini does the same thing. It's just, I, if anybody out there knows of, like, the world's best post-it notes, we want to know about it. Yeah, <laughs> we were talking about that off the line, and we couldn't come up with anything. And I think the reason is they have to have that adhesive on the back. So the coating on the, on the, the writing piece of the paper has to be, you know, able to stick, you know, to, to make that pad together. So I think it just turns into just like tragically bad paper to write on. So, and I'm wondering if it's one of those things where you have to go really old school and get that, you know, that tamping powder that comes in the little like, um, cheesecloth bag and you have to like tap the paper first to like remove the, the film or the oil and create a new surface out of it. But I'm like, really who has time to do that with a post-it note? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're not going to go, I'm not going to go medieval on my uh, (laughs) post-it (laughs) note. I think that should be the title. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) Um, And then another thing I wrote down while, just while we were talking and and I forget you're into so much stuff and we could, we could talk for hours and hours and hours. But one of the other things that I've just starting to get into on my blog and in my fountain pen purchasing and, and Mike's kind of, getting the bug a little bit, but you're a little, a lot more experienced, um, is in the area of vintage fountain pens, like an Estabrook. When I was talking about buying an Estabrook, you were sending me all these links and you've done all these reviews and you, you buy a lot of vintage stuff, don't you? I do. And actually, to be honest, I started in fountain pens with vintage Estabrooks. Um, I, um, one of the things that while I was learning to do hand lettering and I'm still learning, I have by no means, you guys have seen my writing on the blog. I write terribly. Um, But while I was learning, one of the things that is challenging is having to continually dip um, like a crow quill or a flexible nib repeatedly um, in practicing. So someone had suggested that I look at this vintage um, fountain pen that had a flexible nib and then that way I the one thing I didn't have to worry about is how often I was dipping the nib into the ink to um, you know to get ink on the paper and um, that was my first and then the, he showed me is one of my friends at work his name is Rob um, he showed me his um, one of his vintage Estabrooks and it was one of those beautiful sort of icicle ones um, I think I put a picture up uh, recently when we did our show at um, at Hallmark of his tray of Estabrooks, which is um, glorious. This tray That's of right, maybe 30 or 40 Estabrooks in a range of colors. Um, but he actually gave me one of the infamous flexible nibs. I think it's 9128 is the number on the nib um, to use. And so I went and bought a, I went on eBay and I found a pen that I could put the nib in because they're that you can twist in different nibs. And that's one of the great appeal. And I think that's why Estabrooks were successful for so many years was that, you know, if you were in accounting, you could get a very firm, firm, fine nib. Um, If you were, you know, uh, somebody who was just addressing their 
you know, thank you cards or something, you could get more of a decorative nib, like a flexible or a stub. Um, but yeah, and then they were, you know, they were very inexpensive. They were often known as dollar pens, you know, because that's how much people paid for um, just a single pen. But yeah, so that was actually how I got into fountain pens. And then I realized that um, maintaining an upkeep of an Estabrook was not conducive to sort of everyday use. Right. Um, and so I started looking for, was there a modern pen, fountain pen that I liked using? And um, that sort of opened the floodgates. Now I have lots. But I do tend I, to stay on the cheaper end of fountain pens. I have not crossed the line into pens over $100. I'm having trouble with that. Yeah, I I used to be that way. <laughs> Brad doesn't have trouble with that. <laughs> I used I used to be the worst, and and I've been called out on it several times. It's like you know I could never see myself spend. I used to make comments all the time on the blog. I could never see myself spending that much money on a pen. I can't see myself spending that much money on a pen that I would never use. That would just sit there and collect dust. And now look at me. So yeah, I've got a problem. That's for sure. That's okay. It's a good problem <laughs> to have. It is. It is a good problem to have. Um, speaking of problems, you've been a little bit of a thorn in my side in the past. I don't mean <laughs> on, to be. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I say that. I say that in 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 all jest. And and Anna and I are you know, the the best of buds. And but she she likes to uh, point out a few a few areas where she disagrees with me. And and I think and I think that's awesome. That's that's why you know, writing about pens and paper would you would think would be like the silliest thing ever and no one would have a conversation about it. But it, it it's a really personal thing and you know, what I like is not gonna be what Mike likes or what Anna likes or what, you know, the listeners like and you know, we all have to, you know, adjust things to, to fit our particular situations. And, you know, like you've talked about, you know, I put a link in the show notes to where you I did a um Mike and I did a uh, podcast where we did um we did a gift guide back in December, just, you know, just kind of touched on some basic, some main areas in, in pin purchasing, you know, beginner pins, fine pins, Kickstarter pins, things like that. And, you know, like some of the, the ones like I put for a beginner fountain pen, like I put a Lamy Safari, but, you know, that's a pen that like, you know, there's certain things about it, especially being in a lefty that, you, that you're not a huge fan of the Safari for like an entry level pen, right? Um, personally for me, no. And just for the record, um, when I listened to that podcast, I was literally yelling, <laughs> like, what are you guys talking about? That's not the only option. And, um, yeah, so that's why I had to write the post, like right then and there, I was like, I'm sorry, but I got to put my two cents in here. <laughs> but, um, for me, um, and actually it was funny because I thought of that post and I, so I pulled my, I have a Lamy um, All-Star, which is the same as the Safari, only it's in an aluminum case um, body. I pulled it out, I tried it one more time, and that thing still gives me nothing but trouble. And so mm -hmm. I think for some left-handers, it's just, it's harder to get just the proper angle with those. And so um, my instinct on that is it's not necessarily the first pen I would recommend to someone who is left-handed. And I also think that there are, you know, it's one of those like pros and cons things where um, it's nice that the Lamy's you can switch out the nibs very easily for maybe what, 10 or $15, you can swap out nibs. So it's, mm -hmm. a, you know, it's not a huge investment if you discover that medium is way too broad for you or the extra fine is too fine and you can, you know, adjust that. Um, but yeah, it is not my favorite pen. I'm sorry. I think they're pretty. I love all the bright colors, but... Yeah, that's not. I'm actually thinking I'm going to unload that on somebody. 
Anybody want it? <laughs> I don't know. Do you, do you have the lime green one? Certainly you can't give that up. I don't. Actually, mine is sort of a um, blue-gray metallic. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, that's right. The the, the AL star. Gotcha. So what what do you recommend since we've got you and, and the uh, the other super lefty and Mike, what what do you recommend for left-handed users? This is, this is a question I get constantly and I'm sure you get it uh, quite a bit too. It's, it's, you know, what are good fountain pens for lefties? What are good pens for lefties? Do you have some particular I favorites? Just, I was just about to say, because mm-hmm. I just put this well, in the notes here, because and, and, we, we have always said that we would love to do, and this is right back from the start, a lefty-righty episode. We've never (laughs) done it. So I would propose, Mm -hmm. lady and gentleman, that we have Anna back at some point in the very near future to talk about this. And I don't know, Anna, maybe you... I don't know if you know off the top of your head, but you might want to prepare papers and pens that you would suggest for a left-handed person. Okay. Because I I think that that would be very, very useful because people have always asked for that. And also as well, I think it would be good because... I think between left-handed people and right-handed people, there are far more differing writing styles in left-handed people um, because the Safari I have no problem with. So I, I, what I will do as well for that episode, if Anna, you're willing to oblige, I will mm-hmm. take a picture of how I hold my pen okay. to put for that episode because I think, that, I think that there's some very interesting sort of little... Um, little points to that which which could make it very different so if you would both agree i think that would be a lot of fun absolutely and i can share a picture of my wonky writing style too if you guys want to see how it what i look like when i write yeah we'll all do it we'll all we'll all put something together for that episode and and we'll we'll uh we'll work on that i'll i'll uh i'll spearhead that and we'll we'll put some topics together and we'll do a full lefty versus versus righty episode although it's it's going to be two versus one i'm not sure i i like that well, maybe we'll have to find somebody else for you. But right. left-handed people are so, you know, we are so underrepresented. Maybe it's <laughs> about time that we get, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that'll 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 even it up a little bit. Yeah. Cool. Okay, cool. Well, we'll, we'll plan on that. So one 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 more thing I want to uh I want to challenge Anna on is her, you know, I I know she loves everyone who uh who reads Anna's blog. She um she's a huge fan of green and I love green and lime green and everything. And then she caught an episode of um, Pilot Metropolitan. Well, I, I wasn't bagging on green; I was bagging on gold. So she went out and uh, <laughs> she went out um, and ma- maliciously ordered <laughs> a Pilot Metropolitan in the gold just because I wouldn't order it. <laughs> so she gave me a hard time about that. So I, I can't do it. There's there's no way I could own that pen. Okay, two points. One, it was the only one left on jet pens. Yeah, that's why I've got the gold one as well. Yeah, both um, of y'all. And the second, it's really not as bad as you would think. It's, okay. It is a brushed gold metallic, um, and it writes so well, I can sort of overlook. It's lovely on the inside. There you go. So you, you may you, you may have heard the episode, Anna, but I wonder if you agree with me. Like it, it writes very well, but it's you know it, there was it isn't enough to that pen that blew me away. Like I was very impressed with it, but I wasn't very like wow, this is the best thing ever. It is very much, and I think we we've, we've both had enough experience with a lot of different kinds of pens, um, higher end, lower end, um, but. 
to be honest, it's one of the pens that I would recommend to someone who is saying, I'm just getting into fountain pens. Can you recommend something that's going to write well? um, It's going to be easy to use. Um, I would actually, you know, I mean, for $20, basically, you get the pen. You can get the pen and um, a converter for it. It writes really well. It's not super pretty. It's not super fancy. But for the price point, um, especially for somebody, um, you know, for guys, for people with larger hands, you know, I mean, to most girls, I will recommend a Coico Sport in a heartbeat. It's small. It fits in your pocket. It's um, They write beautifully. They're $20, $25. Um, just an exceptionally easy-to-use entry level. Um, but actually, the Pilot Metropolitan, I... You know, again, it's not it, you don't have the range of colors and options that you would with like a Lamy. Um, but you're right. It's just kind of a very aesthetically. It's just kind of middle of the road. Maybe if we both had like the silver one or the black one, we would have different feelings about it. Yeah. The gold. Yeah, is that's, just- what, that's what I'm holding out for. And but you're right. It's this is this is a huge value proposition pin. And I think that's why it's getting such rave reviews. Right. Because it, it writes wonderfully. It's got, you know, I, lo- I love pilot nibs. Um, so I, I know I'm going to like it when I get it, but I'm just holding out just because they haven't been in stock and I, I refuse to buy the gold one because I'll <laughs> review it and I'll never use it again. And I, and, I, and that's a pen I want to use, want to use in the future because, um, yeah, it, it, it looks pretty cool. And I, I think it's, it is going to be one of those pens that gets recommended a lot for an entry level fountain pen. And I'm nor like you, Brad, I really like fine nibs. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I go for the. 0.3 you know in my gel pens and stuff but um this is a medium nib and i i don't have issues with it it's a little bit wider than i'm accustomed to but not so much that it makes me not want to use it so i mean i think it it hits a sweet spot and i think for a lot of people it'd be a very comfortable pen to use yeah and we're going to link your review in, in the show notes and um your your writing sample the medium is it's it's a very fine fine line and which is you know we talk about all the time the difference between japanese and, and german nibs so I, I think it looks great i could even i could even swing a medium in in this and with with no issues at all so yeah it, it looks really good looks really good so i know i think i think we've uh i think we've covered it today um wow this is this has been a fun episode and and something I I definitely wanted to do for a long time and and you know we're definitely going to have you back soon and uh and we'll we'll definitely get we'll work on this lefty righty episode I think that'll be fun and uh, awesome. I'll, I'll have to see if I can get uh, get some backup on this one mm-hmm. <laughs> and see what we can do but uh, regardless I, I I loved having you um, I definitely want to have you back again hopefully frequently. Um, we you. can talk about all kinds of different things. I thought you were fantastic, and I yeah, think the I listeners are going to love hearing you and love this episode. So thank you so much. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Uh, and I tell people where they can find you online. I can be found online at my blog at wellappointeddesk.com. You can find me on Twitter at wellappttdesk.com. Um, um, and you can find me on app.net at Anna, A-N-A. And Brad is Dowdy, D-O-W-D-Y. On app.net, Dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M on Twitter. He also writes, of course, at penaddict.com. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thank you very much for listening to episode 54 of the Pen Addict podcast. We'll be back next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.